Experience Podcast. Happy Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving for our international listeners. How you doing? I am Tumbles and next to me is Cranky and we attempted to avoid Black <laughs> Friday and spend a day outside and it didn't work. No, but first a quick shout out to Crank's coworker. You're awesome. Thank you, Chuck. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chuck. I thank- got real-time feedback as he was listening <laughs> on our break with his AirPods. So, thank you, Chuck. You are amazing. You, you are fabulous. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend, as they would say on the True Crime Garage podcast. Totally ripping that shit off. Anyway, yes, as Cranky said, we attempted and failed at outdoor things today. So, our original plan was to go to the abandoned turnpike in Pennsylvania. There's eight miles of abandoned turnpike with a 1.3 mile tunnel. Uh, We were going to take the bikes and go there. Uh, That didn't work because you needed a couple extra hours sleep this morning and it's three hours away. So you found somewhere in Lehigh Gap? Yes, Lehigh Gorge State Park right by... um Shitsky, what's the name of that town after the guy's name? Jim Thorpe. Yes. <laughs> um, it's a right west of Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, right by Lehigh Gap for our AT listeners. And it's a 25-mile loop around the park. Um, it's been on the radar for running, and I said, why not we try to bike it? That didn't work because <laughs> about... 10 miles into our journey, stopping for gas, your gas cap release cable on your Honda snapped. Only we could be super, super um, specific here. So, couldn't open the gas cap, which means we couldn't get gas in order to get the fuck out there. So, we went to Mavis. Shout out to Mavis. Yes. And it was hilarious because I went to YouTube University and I was figuring out, because they couldn't do anything about it at first, and I went to YouTube University and figured it out exactly as the same time as he came out with his third attempt and was like, well, I'm going to get the pliers, I see the end of your freight cable, I'm going to grab it with the pliers, and oh, I was just watching how to do that. Thank you, sir. Yep. So, (laughs) if that ever happens to you... take a pair of needle nose pliers and just pull on the cord and you'll open your gas cap. So that took up more time. So then plan C (laughs) was to go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the site of uh, Moravian College, 1745. We're just, yes, yes, awesome. Um... Which I was saying is quite a baby versus like the big original four of William and Mary Rutgers, actually Columbia, big five, yep. Columbia, Yale, and Harvard. So Bethlehem was settled by Moravians. Moravians are German. Um, yep. and they set up a tannery. They set up a mill. They set up the college at the same time. And the town has been going and the college has been going since 1745. So, uh, there is a historic trail, Bethlehem, also Bethlehem Steel. Yes. Uh, an affiliate of Carnegie. So, this loop goes around all of the awesome historical stuff. So, we got on our bikes, 
headed out, uh, saw the tannery, saw the old mill, found a plantation. But before the plantation... Oh, we fell on our asses. <laughs> so there's a nice um, little bike path that parallels the river, the creek thing. And it goes over a wooden bridge that was very slick. And I fell on my ass and then you mildly panicked and hit the brakes and that caused you to fall on your ass. It was either that or go airborne and fall on my ass. Go yeah, over thank, you. Thank you for not <laughs> flying over your head. At least you hit the right brake. I, I've had experiences trying to go biking with people that have hit the wrong brake and have gone flying over their handlebars and are permanently disfigured. That was thank completely you. by chance. So thank, thank you, you for, for not doing that. Someone was looking down on me. <laughs> so right yes. lever. Right, yes, I did hit the right one because I, I was talking to my parents with my left hand. Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I, I got a gnarly couple of cuts on my uh, on my knee. Crank got a gnarly cut on his elbow. And uh, yeah, no worse for the wear though. We got up, we giggled about it, and we continued on. Found a uh, pretty cool plantation from 1748. Um, and then heading down, talking. Things were actually starting to turn around. I was really starting to enjoy it. And then... Sorry, I fucking ruined it. <laughs> that, that's okay. You're all good. It still turned out to be a decent day. Turned around, and I thought that your chain had popped off because you stopped. I heard a thing, and then you're, you had stopped. And I was like, oh, no big deal. Just put your chain back on as long as it's not broken. Yeah. Like, nope. Everything happened in a matter of three seconds to my bike. <laughs> Ran over glass somehow that I didn't even see. And not one puncture, two punctures. The rear uh, inner tube completely deflated. The front one, a rapid leak, not deflated instantly. That rear one, that must have gone like instantaneously. Yeah, must I, have. Because I have never seen that. The rubber went right off the wheel. <laughs> so I've been biking like 25 years. I have never seen that. So well done. Yes, thanks. It seems like, you know, no matter what, I've been lucky with Cranky. Because no matter what, people who decide to go biking with him either end up very hurt or very hurt. Yes. So I ended up mildly injured and my bike fucked up so I guess it was time uh so where did we end up uh so we walked back the two miles and we ended up at a bougie brunch place to get bougie alcohol bloody marys with cheese and bacon in it flying egg if you are in Bethlehem it's delicious yes I got Mrs. Cranky some candy we went to the oldest bookshop in Estados Unidos, the oldest continuous, the Moravian College bookstore, and um, yeah, it, it was... That was exciting. It was a clusterfuck, so... It was a big clusterfuck. This episode really is not about the outdoor adventure, because the outdoor adventure... Fuck was fucked. ...was fucked and didn't work. Um, what I wanted to do with this was yesterday, my phone, Thanksgiving, started blowing up, and I was like, what the fuck is this? So I looked at my messages as they were coming in. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight messages in rapid succession before I started 
to reply uh, from a listener. This is uh, listener engagement we are getting. So we have hit the big time. So this listener, I will not mention his, her, they, their, Caesar's Caesar name. name. Um, because there's some disagreement. There was some reaction to our previous episode. So our, I will s- our previous episode, not the Algonquin McIntyre Rage episode, but the pandemic amnesty episode. So this is a pan- another pandemic response episode. Yes, and if you've not listened to our pandemic amnesty episode, maybe take a listen so you kind of understand where this listener is coming from and where we're coming from. Now, we are going to be as respectful as possible. We thank the listener, too, who wrote to us. We, we thank you. Um, it's it's worth listen- um, hearing from our listeners. So if... You know, yeah, you my rep- get back. You know, we get back to you. So my reply, we'll get to it. But my reply was very, very plain. So, um, yeah, and this is an actual discussion. Hopefully, this is a model for how things should be online. Uh, because I'm, this is going to be a discussion, hopefully. And if you are still listening and you would like to respond to our response, more than welcome. We actually invited this person on the show as well. So. MRNA tech is not brand spanking new. It was created in the 1960s and previously used to fight much deadlier viruses like Ebola. You guys complained a lot in that episode about being accused of spreading misinformation, but what do you expect? So my response to that is... The 60s is still really new in the history of medicine, number one. Uh, It's one person's lifetime. Number two, Ebola is a lot different than a respiratory virus. Respiratory viruses mutate. Ebola does not. The reason that uh, Ebola, we're not all dead from Ebola is because it doesn't mutate because it kills you so rapidly. It doesn't have time to mutate. If it was... um, if it didn't kill you as rapidly, we'd be pretty fucked. We'd all be dead from it. Because it would have a chance to mutate. It would have a chance to propagate and spread further. But respiratory viruses mutate a lot, which MNRA is not designed to deal with. Each one of these, as you've seen by the many boosters that have come out. And we were promised... What were we promised when the vaccine came out? Um, that the vaccine... We wouldn't be... We wouldn't get the virus with the vaccine. Yep. You won't be able to spread it. You won't have any symptoms. It will stop the virus. And when that was said, we both said, no, that's bullshit because MNRA has never been used this MRA. way. Yes, thank you. <laughs> MNMRA. <laughs> I like the blue ones. But the thing is, yes, we didn't know, okay? But, okay, then say that we don't know. Rather than being 100% sure, if we all remember, they said it's not gonna, you're not gonna spread it if you get the virus. I mean, that, that that's my big problem. Yes, we didn't know, so why are you rolling out this mRNA vaccine when you don't know? And with such certainty. Yes. And yeah, we called it at the time. We said this is not going to work on a respiratory virus that mutate too fast. And when Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson came out with this specific vaccine, 
specifically targeting COVID, doesn't it, how many years does it take for a normal um, shot vaccination to go through tests? And we said in the last episode about 10, 10 years. 10 years. And this was done in less than a year. So, yeah, um, sorry that we still have a disagreement there, but the technology is being used in a new way that has never been used before, and it obviously did not work. So the next thing our listener said, uh, teachers did not want to just stay home. They were worried about ace. They were worried asymptomatic carriers could spread disease to vulnerable people. Some of us lost family members to these exact circumstances. I am sorry that that is the case and that that happened. However, life comes with risk. And and that's not just for us to brush off what you're saying. No, absolutely not. Um, and I definitely am not brushing off. I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I know a young person who lost four family members. So within six months. So definitely not brushing off your loss. Um, as early as June of 2020, I did a little research. The World Health Organization said that asymptomatic transmission was rare. So that's fairly. That's early. three months after. Yeah, the, the initial cut, the lockdowns. Happened. And they were already the World Health, which we're all supposed to be listening to, right? already said asymptomatic transmission is extremely rare. Um, I have a Forbes article from January of 2021 when the debates on whether or not to reopen schools were really heating up. Not to mention that's when the vaccine started to yes. be rolled out. Uh, guess how many cases transmitted in schools, like a ratio number? One in 20. No kidding. One in 20. So the risk, and we knew this January of 2021, June of 2020, the risk for schools was extremely limited and extremely low, yet teachers' unions were still pushing uh, teach from home, Zoom school, even though we knew that it was going to adversely affect socialization in kids. We're seeing the results of reading and math scores. So I'm sorry, I can't go there with you. Teachers unions definitely wanted to extend this as long as they possibly could. Uh, This person goes on. You are saying that the entire quarantine was just a ploy by lazy teachers and government workers. That's pretty messed up. We didn't say the entire quarantine was a ploy. We said they took advantage of it and tried to extend it. And I'm sorry that you feel that that is messed up, but look at what happened the second President Biden was elected. Within three months, everything started to go back to normal. They stopped doing death tolls, um, and all of these states started to lift restrictions. So I'm sorry that you disagree and that we are, quote, messed up, but there definitely was some advantage taken. Um, Yes, a lot of mistakes were made. It was uncharted territories. And you guys made an entire podcast 
uh, roasting people with the benefit of 2020 hindsight. No, no, no sorry, we didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we, along with everybody else, the first two to three weeks of the lockdowns, were as concerned as anybody else. Which we said in our previous episode. Correct. Um, but once we started reading data and listening and looking at stats, we realized this was a rare respiratory, I'm sorry, a rare deadly respiratory illness for the majority. People who had underlying conditions, who were elderly, pregnant women had a bit of a bump up in the likelihood of getting COVID, but not necessarily getting, like, dying from it. Mm -hmm. Um, We understand that, and we took precautions, if you all remember, to keep our elderly safe. At least we tried, not necessarily maybe our leaders. Um, And as healthy uh, adults from teenage years to 60, we were pretty good. We may have gotten a cold, but that's about it. Yeah, we looked at the numbers, 99% survival Survival. rate. Uh, We looked at who was actually dying, and we made a judgment call very early on, and we happened to be correct. This was not hindsight. This was looking at data using logic and assuming a risk. Um, And we turned out to be right. So it's not hindsight. I'm sorry. Uh, Like we said in the last episode, I was called selfish and irresponsible. I was told don't go out. We, that year, we went down to Georgia to hike the AT and we were fine. I ended up getting COVID myself in January of 2021 because a family member of mine went to the food store to get food. And he came back with it. When did you get COVID, Crank? I got COVID, um, two possibilities. Going back to work might have been a possibility. Or there was a gathering or two that I went to um, where I could have gotten it. And that was, what was that? April. April of 21. Yeah. Yeah. And I did have, I did get it. I was surprised that a healthy, (coughs) um, athletic male in my prime, it, it kicked my ass. That being said, like I was close to going to the hospital, to be quite honest. That being said, my opinion has not changed because I recovered and I'm in better shape than ever. And it was rare for someone as young and healthy as me to have symptoms that bad. Very rare. See, when I got it, I just felt under the weather and I said I may have COVID just because I felt under the weather and I did, but that week I ran and I also biked 14 miles. So it happens to all of us differently. Not to mention, Crank, you don't get proper amount of sleep. True. Yes. And usually, this is how much I know Crank and Mrs. <laughs> Crank, he, he usually gets sick around Super Bowl. And yes. he gets sick really badly. And this yes. is just a normal thing for him. So this was your Super Bowl sickness, and then you added COVID to it. Yep. All right. Um, a ton of that episode came off deeply insensitive, honestly. I take a little bit of issue with that. Um, it's your opinion that it came off insensitive. We were simply stating facts and responding to an article. And 
it turns out that, like we just said, our judgment calls were correct. That's not insensitive. That's making a judgment call. It was insensitive to close stores. Yes, to prevent... To prevent people from getting sick, to shut down businesses, to keep people out of work and going into poverty. That's insensitive. Um, It was insensitive for my grandfather, who was sick, to not be able to be sent to the hospital because he needed a COVID test but we couldn't take him out of the house. It was insensitive that I couldn't see my grandfather until he was in a coma and in hospice. That's insensitive. Uh, I was insensitive to put sick, sick people into nursing homes and kill hundreds of thousands of the elderly. Um, it was insensitive to keep American children whose math and reading scores are already not great out of school, you know they're not going to be learning as well as they would be if they were in, and now their scores are abysmal. And more, that's very important, but I think even more important than that, the socialization aspect. Yep, there are a lot of kids that are fucked up now. Yep, especially uh, students who are not neurotypical, who have social issues anyway. Um, We have an entire generation that is by this needlessly on uh, the social ramifications we have no idea still what they're going to be it was insensitive to tell people who um, had cancer or who might be at risk of cancer nope you can't, you can't go, go to the doctor you can't get a test you, your, your medical needs are not essential so yeah, that, that rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> yes um but holy shit, you guys said some messed up stuff in that pod. As we've stated, there was a lot of messed up stuff going on, said to us and going on during the entire pandemic. What I think is messed up is now that we're coming out of it and people like us who were correct about lockdown, who were correct about the vaccine, who were correct about school closures, who were correct about... Um, not wanting trails closed and we were told you were murderers you don't care that's what was messed up and many people are now tentatively admitting yeah you guys were right but just forget about it and move on but of course we were the schmucks we understood but we went along with it and meanwhile out in Seattle yes you had Chaz and Chop. Uh, Chaz and Chop. You had riots going on with people without masks. And that was okay. Yeah. Lots of George Floyd protests. Was killing George Floyd a good thing? No. But should you have gone out and rioted in the fucking streets and created your own... What did they call it? What kind of zone? Um... Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Like their own country, basically. Yeah, um... You're talking about Chaz and Chop, right? I am, yes. Yes. Yeah, I I forget what those actually stand for, but Chaz and Chop, you remember uh, governors violating their own COVID restrictions to go out and protest, like the governor of our very own state, Governor Murphy, uh, telling us, you know, you're not allowed to go to work, you have to stay in your house. A protest, he was out there at the front of the line getting his picture taken. Yeah. 
So, um, my response was, thank you for the feedback. That is still my response. I, I actually enjoy these intellectual wrestling matches. I just get pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate every listener, which we we do. do. We do. You have a happy Thanksgiving and stay safe. Turkey emoji. That's important. Yes. So our the listener replied, you as well. I enjoyed every episode that I've listened to outside of this one. Thank but, you for listening. Yes. But see what happens when you are civil. If I had gotten... In, hostile. Yep. If I had gotten into a back and forth, um, everybody's Thanksgiving would have been ruined. Um, but as someone who was a frontline worker fighting the virus with family in education... I did feel compelled to speak up about some of that. Do you know people, Crank, in um, the education field? Yes, there's one I missed. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, And trying to lump teachers in with, quote, upper middle class, unquote, when they get paid scraps is pretty silly. So there is a myth in this country that teachers are underpaid. Every district is different. Every state is different. Um, However, by and large, teachers earn a very decent living considering the amount of time that they have off. Teaching is also ne- was never meant from its inception to be something that would make you wealthy. So if you are, I know in, I'm speaking for New Jersey. In New Jersey, starting salary uh, between forty-five and fifty thousand a year for a teacher. This is a very expensive state, but you can have a nice life on that, even as just a single person in a city in this state. Salaries for teachers top out at around $100,000 in this state. Um, Again, you're not going to be rich, but I consider that upper middle class. Uh, Administrators are making $150 and above in this state. So... Yeah, I can't go with you there. There, the myth that teachers are underpaid and are impoverished and eating cat food to survive is just that—it is a myth. But um, yeah, so thank you for the responses and the engagement. And um, I said, you know what, we should respond to the response because I like this level of engagement. So if anyone else would like to reach out, you too can have your shit anonymously read on the podcast. <laughs> Um, anything to add? Oh, no, I think you, I think you covered it. I, I think that was uh, very well done. But hopefully that's how we can start to handle this shit, just replying politely, giving it a day or two, and then responding in a calm and rational manner because I was very dismayed with... I dipped into Twitter. I didn't engage, but I dipped in and I observed. Um, it didn't stop. Like, the normal nonsense on Twitter from, like, the George Takais and the the White House sent out a, this is how you should talk to Uncle Dave, and this is a list of President Biden's accomplishments. 
That's ridiculous. There is a class of people in this country that insist upon politicizing everything. Everything. And my my interpretation, my belief of this is when you neither one of us are overly religious at all, but no. we do have our own levels of faith. We have an innate desire as humans to worship something. Mm-hmm. And when you remove God as a source of worship, as we have done from the public square almost altogether, um, that innate desire does not go away and it usually gets replaced with the state. And when the state is becomes your religion, everything has to be politicized. Yeah. Including, and especially, Thanksgiving. So I was discouraged that it just did not stop yesterday. Personally, I observed and then backed off and um, for most of the day, I had a pretty good day yesterday. So We ran. Yes, we did. We, we did ran. have a run. We did do the turkey trot. Like, those people that you all hate <laughs> run on Thanksgiving. We, every year since 2017 I've been doing a turkey trot even during pandemic so um and last year Crank joined me and this is his second year and it was fun I gotta say it's it's a nice morning thing to do before you sit your ass down and gorge on turkey and stuffing which is delicious um but yeah you had a fun time uh yeah it made me feel really good um I already knew this and I knew that I was doing a bad thing. At work, work was inundated with pumpkin pies and cookies and cupcakes. And I ate like garbage on Wednesday. And then I really pushed myself during the race yesterday. Because mm-hmm. I was like, three miles, I can get like <laughs> nine minutes. I can get below 9.30 average time. Which I did, nine minutes, 29 seconds a mile. <laughs> But doing that on a diet of pumpkin pie was not did not feel good. Don't do that, folks. I mean, Courtney DeWalter can get away with that. That beast. I don't know how she does it, but she does it. She loves her sweets and her tacos uh, for all She eats burgers. She has her husband bring burgers to aid stations during, See, like... This is the life, man. That, yes. That's the way we got to go when, when we get up to ultra level again. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, you had I, a really fast time as well. I had a fast time as well. Um, I usually go for more Paced. length and I go pace. Yeah, I pace myself, but I go for more also length and speed. But uh, yesterday I said, eh, I did five miles the day before. This is only three. Let's see what it's I can do. some encouragement from your friend. Yes, yes. Crank's like, just do it, you know, just fucking do it. Just do it. And I'm Faster. Like, uh, and I said, fine, I'll do it. And I did it. I did it. <laughs> I averaged a 10.27 per mile average. So Which is awesome. That was awesome. That's some of my best time in a long time. I average usually around like 11.30. And then at the end, I get, because I had to duck away to be with puke. family immediately. <laughs> yeah, you said you were going to puke. I was like, all right, you do that you in the do grass. That, bye. Bye. Uh, so I get, I'm walking by my car, I get this text. Like, it was a good race because I could taste blood, blood in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, all right, eat something and drink something before you drive, please. <laughs> so when you usually push yourself, uh, 
in any type of sport, um, sometimes you taste iron. It's an irony blood taste in your mouth. It's an anomaly. From what I've read, it is, and people have kind of debunked it. It doesn't hurt you um, unless you have a heart attack. <laughs> but what it is, it's the lining of your lungs and the little um, blood cells in your uh, on the lining of your lungs that burst. And so that's what that is. That's why you're tasting blood because you are going so hard. Well, that means that you did awesome. Well done. Yes. Yes. So bottom line, do that shit on holidays. Be with family. Not everything has to be politicized. Or go run. Yes. That's what I said. Do that shit. Go run. Yes. Run to you, please. Um, <laughs> so I was glad. I was very proud of myself that I didn't immediately start firing back at this listener. Me too. Well, and well get done. sucked into that because that's not what yesterday was all about. But there's our response to the response we don't know when we're doing our next adventure thing well we do have a uh, a guest coming up next week yes we do so that'll be well this will be posted and then um our guest will be coming on and yeah that's uh that's all we got to say about that so after that we'll get back to you sometime in december all right, you all uh, follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram under the same name, TikTok under the same name. Send us a DM. We, as you know, we love to hear from y'all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hope y'all had a wonderful, wonderful holiday and enjoying your Black Friday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Ciao.